This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. I am Glenn Geek from Ocala, Florida. And I'm Jamie Jennings in Norman, Oklahoma, and you're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for April 21st, episode 2,666. Good morning, horse people. It's Wednesday morning. That means Jamie and Glenn are back to talk horses with all of you. Well, let's be honest. Jamie talks horses. Glenn is just here to hassle Jamie. Enjoy the show. Well, you remember we had the president of the United States Eventing Association on on Monday, Max? Yes. Our good friend Max, and she was on her way to Kentucky. And remember we talked a little bit about the weather being ever-changing and could be anything during the Land Rover three-day event in Kentucky? It always is, but you hope for sunshine. Well, they had snow last night. Uh, and <laughs> what? <laughs> yes, look at the pictures if you go on the Kentucky Land Rover Kentucky three day event page on Facebook. Uh, they had snow last night, and all the riders are posting their snow pictures of their horses in the snow. It was a couple, it was probably an inch or two. It wasn't a lot of snow, but it was enough, and it got cold enough last night that they had to send the grounds crews out to cover up all the flowers at the jumps. Uh, for fear that they would get, die last night. So, Cover yeah. Welcome vegetation. to oh Lexington. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> We're going to have a live oh, we report never from... never had snow. <laughs> We're going to have a live report from Leslie is coming to us. She's going to come to us from the snow in Lexington later on in the show and tell us uh, what the mood is like there today. Because <laughs> today starts the, the jog is today. The inspection oh is God, this afternoon. Oh, my God. These poor grooms that are all walking the horses <laughs> around. They're just like snowmen. <laughs> it's crazy. And then I looked at the weather for Saturday. Day, cross country day, 55 degrees and a 100% chance of rain. Oh, see, this was supposed to be canceled for a reason. <laughs> 55 degrees. We've been in there in the rain before, but it wasn't 55 degrees. <laughs> so that sucks. Yeah, that's going to be fun. Um, and it might be good. You might all appreciate watching it on TV this weekend on Saturday as you're watching the rain come down. So let's hope that the weather forecast is wrong. One bit of good news out of the USEF this morning is that Land Rover has re-signed their agreement to sponsor the event through 2023. They're also going to continue sponsoring the U.S. eventing team, and they've extended their sponsorship. They're now the Land Rover U.S. driving team. They're supporting the driving team. They never get any love. And they're the official vehicle for all USEF Hunter National Championships from now through 2023, so they're sponsoring the Hunters, too. So Land Rover must be selling some trucks, that's all i got to say. Uh, yeah, so they're, uh, that's all good news. They're, going They're to doing all right. Going to continue to have a title sponsor. Well, let's do some daily winnies, and then you've been teasing me with an event that happened in your life on Monday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we have some auditors with birthdays, and I tried to look through because we have a best of on Friday. I tried to look through till Monday so I wouldn't miss anybody. I hope I didn't. Uh, Melissa Sandness, Thomas Stokel, Erica Harvey, and Horse Lovers Cruiser Luke Webb. So happy birthday to all of you. And if I missed anybody, send your complaints to Jennifer at horseradionetwork.com. No, send them to Glenn. That's two ends. And the reason we're uh, dark on Friday is we're not going to be here. It's Glenn's birthday. So I need the happy birthday Aww. daily Winnie sound, my friend. Happy birthday. To me. Happy birthday. Happy, happy birthday to you. <laughs> happy birthday, Glenn. It's not every day you turn 76 years old. That's right. So I That's am right. feeling And I'm happy to have made it to 76. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm really close to a landmark though. I am. I'll be 59. I'm almost 60 years old. 
Oh my God, you look good for 60. <laughs> well, I thank mean, you. Like, I appreciate that. <laughs> don't like let your wife get pissed at me or anything, but like for real. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate that. I've been gray for so long, people just assumed I was 60. See, that's... <laughs> that's what... <laughs> yeah, people, they're like, dang, he's only 60? Jeez, I thought he's way older. <laughs> <laughs> They've been thinking that for years. So I, every year on my birthday, we're at a horse show. I'm a horse husband. I enjoy going to Kentucky, but it's been every year for like the last 15 years I've been at a horse show working because we're doing a show and covering things. So this year, it's like, I'm not at a horse show, so I'm going to I'm gonna take a day off and actually maybe, well, we had plans to do something fun. Those got canceled because of a certain horse being sick, but uh, I'll, I'll maybe ride my bike some and do something fun, I guess. And we get our shots tomorrow, so hopefully we won't Your have Your whole any. camping weekend has been canceled because yes, of Nigel? Yes, well, we can't go away with Nigel. Now, I do have good news. His fever broke last night, and the vet was out again this morning to give him another IV of antibiotics, but he's feeling perkier and looking better, so let's hope it stays that way. So that was good news after seven days of fever. So is your vet daily making farm calls and, yes. and giving him Jenison shots IV? Yes. I got to teach Jen how to do IV yes. shots. <laughs> yes, you do. Thank you very much. <laughs> yes, I don't know how much this little bill is going to be. But uh, anyway, you you actually wanted to talk to me yesterday about something that happened to you on Monday because you were taking a, a new horse out trail riding. You never want to talk to me off the air. So this must be a story. Well, I, I just, it was, it was such a good story. I didn't know if we should tell it on the air. <laughs> oh. okay. Well, I guess we are now. <laughs> well, just so you know, um, I took Parker, my, he's the, the off the track thoroughbred that I adopted right around Christmas time and he needed some time off. So I've been riding him here and there and he is just so slow, like gallops around in the pasture and plays and bucks and frolics because he's four. But when you get on him, he is like, he walks like a dinosaur and no amount of leg is getting him going. So just on a side note, I have the vet coming out today to do some <clears throat> lameness exams and stuff on him to see if there's a reason that when you sit on him, he doesn't want to move. So between I have that you and us, we're keeping the vet community in business. <laughs> God bless. I know it's true. And I'm having to have a person come from over an hour away. You want to know what that trip charge looks like? <laughs> yeah. I'll be it's, starting a... It's not $10. It is not $10. We need yeah, to go fund me just for our vet bills, both of us. One hour away trip charge. I could have driven in there, but I'm like, you know what? I just, I don't have time today. So um, I've got other things. Anyway, so the vet's coming. So, so anyway, I, I load up him and then Abby loads up Drax and Drax is a thoroughbred that I adopted two years ago. So he is like a solid dude by now. I mean, you can take him anywhere. We've taken him on this trail. And so what we do is we go over to the lake, which is about a 15 minute drive. There's a big lake here in Oklahoma and Thunderbird and there's tra horse trails around it. So you just park, unload, go out, ride around, get back, load him back up and go. So I also met my friend Brittany there. So she brought her four-year-old, her three-year-old, I had a four-year-old and Abby's on Drax, the, the horse that's five. <laughs> so we've got five, Maybe four, that wasn't a good idea. Maybe a 12-year-old in the mix would have been a good good plan. Well, I didn't have, Duke can't walk that far anymore. His little, he can't breathe anymore. <laughs> so Duke. he, I know, poor Duke. He just needs to, he just walks, you know, 20 steps at a time and his day is over. That's what he does. So this is too much for him. So we had five, four, three. <laughs> and so unload, Parker unloads like a four-year-old like racehorse. He just looks around like, oh, okay, cool. And he goes to eat grass. Drax unloads like, oh, okay, cool to get grass. Same with the three-year-old. We're like, this is amazing. We get tacked up. Well, they're already wearing their saddles. We get the bridles on. We mount up and we're all like, this is like really cool. They're all doing so. We're like, they're doing so good. Oh my God. We're like amazing horse trainers. We're like the coolest girls <laughs> in the world because all of our baby horses are like so good. And then you have to go from the parking area down this trail. And it's 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 a, a kind of deeper sand at the beginning and then you end up in the beautiful woods all around the the lake. Okay. So Drax is leading the way. I'm in second and the baby horse is in the back. The babyest horse is in the back. And Abby goes into the woods and I hear a Oh my god. Hey. Hey. Where are you guys? <laughs> I'm like, I'm coming. Because my horse is so slow, right? So I'm like constantly kicking him to get up. And then I get into the woods. 
And I was like, oh, what was that? And then I turn around and look at my friend who was just, Brittany, who's just come into the woods and she's on a three-year-old and he is in a full out bucking fit. <laughs> I finally look ahead and I see Abby who Drax, who's amazing, is in a full out bucking fit. <laughs> and then Parker decides that it's his turn. Well, you knew, what, what was that feeling in that instant when you knew, okay, those two are gone, mine's going next. Oh, I'm like, oh God, here we go. <laughs> yeah, but I thought like, mine would be Clench like, those butt cheeks. <laughs> Little did I know, Glenn, that the moment that you enter into the woods, there is a wall of bugs. Oh, you hit the bug wall. (laughs) And the deer flies that attacked our horses' heads were like swarming all around them. And granted, we had fly sprayed the bejesus out of these horses, but it did not matter. And I know my horse doesn't, Parker does not like bugs. And then the horse flies came. And and I'm, I'm like, I'm trying to like be sensible. I'm like, okay, everybody, okay, we'll be just once. Okay, all right, I'm turn around. <laughs> everybody turn around. <laughs> Evacuate. Call it off. And so we turn around. So now the three-year-old is in the front who is literally losing his mind, <laughs> jumping up and out like Pappy Le Pew. And this poor girl is just like hanging on for dear life. And thank God we're all like fairly accomplished riders. Otherwise, I mean, who would ride a three, four and five year old into the woods if you weren't? <laughs> so then I'm on there. Parker is leaping and like levotting out of the woods. And I turn around and see Abby. A Drax is like lathered and almost like that bowed up neck when oh, they're no. going to the starting <laughs> gate. You know, and he's just like, jigging in place. I mean, it was insane. We finally get out of the woods and get up there. And we're all like, oh God. Oh God, are you okay? Okay, you're okay. All of our horses are like lathered and irritated and there's like blood spots all over them. And at this moment, this woman walks up to us and she's like, hey, y'all, I'm new here. How's the, how's the trail? <laughs> <laughs> like, go home. Don't do it. <laughs> Turn around, please. So um, our trail ride was about four and a half minutes long. <laughs> and uh, all like, the horses are going to remember is you brought them out to torture them. <laughs> uh-huh, yeah, <laughs> I tell you, they'll never load again. I'm not going uh, <laughs> I don't know where I'm not going there again. Oh, my God. It was the worst, the most exciting four and a half minutes. It's like they say, you know, like like the Kentucky Derby is the most exciting two minutes in sports. This was the most exciting four and a half minutes in, in trail riding of all time. <laughs> it was ridiculous and so we will <clears throat> we'll we'll wait till the fall to go back <laughs> we've you know you, you live in florida you learn that one real quick as soon as you walk in the woods you're just inundated oh my gosh but i was here last year but i never came until like july or august until it was mm. like super hot and we would so Spring's we would go super early yeah i did not i did not plan for that I did not know I need, you know, the boy in the bubble. That's what we all need for our trail horses this this year. Oh, my God. It is crazy. And now I know why Parker runs circles out in the pasture galloping and bucking because it's like one fly is on him. So we've got some we've got some work to do. (laughs) How do you desensitize them to that? Uh, Just put them in a room full of flies until they work it out. No, that's called flooding, and that is a torture method. Uh, so what I'll do is I'll just get him a nice fancy fly sheet with a hood and God, belly. There are and... so many thoroughbreds that are so sensitive to flies. I have just... never had one this sensitive. Like one gets uh, like one. I mean, they're horse flies for real, but like he uh, gets on him, he is not okay. So I don't know. So Maybe you get I the need big to, like... fat horse flies. We get the little biting flies. So you you know, the, there's so many different kinds of flies. <laughs> See, we have all the flies. Um, but I, I've never been swarmed like I had up until Monday going into the woods and like, oh my God, we're all going to die. We're all going to die. This is it. This is how we all go. <laughs> Isn't it funny how each area has its seasons too? Like in the fall here, you can't go in the woods because it's spider web season. And you, if you're the first one through the woods, you're screwed. Oh, you're I always just... make Abby go first. She's also <laughs> the tallest. Like, she'll clear them all out. <laughs> yeah, she's tall enough. She's taller than you. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Jennifer always brings her fly whisk along for the spider webs. She uses those the fly whisk for the spider webs. Uh, yeah. I do have those. Betty Faye, our listener, gave me one of those because she heard about my issues before. Um so I need to I need to bust that puppy out. It's like the horsetail thing. <laughs> yes, yeah, 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 yep, exactly. 
Yeah, fox hunters use them but all again, the time. But again, I wasn't expecting. Yeah, I know you. You what got happened? caught off guard. I did not know. <laughs> it was really fun. Well, there you go. That was a short trail ride. Uh, <laughs> four and a half minutes, baby. And that was a very thrilling four and a half minutes. Coach Jen here, HRN Chaos Control Officer and host of the Horse Tip Daily Show here on Horse Radio Network. Longtime Horse Radio Network fans know that I'm a big fan of Wintech saddles. I've been riding in them for about 20 years now. Whether I'm eventing, showing in dressage, or fox hunting, or hitting the trail at an endurance competition, I know my saddle fits my horse, and it's going to hold up to the toughest conditions and look great doing it. You may be wondering exactly which saddle do I use for this varied group of disciplines? Well, Wintech makes saddles for every discipline. That's how. I have several. And Wintech doesn't sit on their laurels. 2019 brings even more innovation to the saddle range, so head out to your local tax store and have a sit-in one. Or you can contact your favorite online retailer, arrange a test ride, or check them out online at wintechsaddles.us. Time to learn why some days you're embarrassed to be part of the human race in Jamie's Weird News. It's not my weird news. I just bring it to you. But all of them were contributed by listeners today. And that is uh, awesome. I will not tell you who sent me which news story because that reveals too much about the inner workings of each person. But I would like to thank, let's see, Rochelle, Rachel, Aaron, Alicia, and Lorene. Okay, Alicia and Lorene, all of those guys for sending me these weird news stories that, um, yeah, I just, one day I was like reading along the, the regular news and I'm like, well, that's bizarre. And I started collecting them and I decided to bring them to you. And uh, let's start with this one. Glenn, where is Maryville? Let's see, Maryville. Oh, Tennessee. Okay. Two women go into uh, Dollar General. And they start buying like lots, like shopping carts full of stuff. And they grab a bunch of um, various items, including several gift cards, like the big money gift cards. And they're shoving all of them into these carts. And it looks like they're going on like some shopping spree, Glenn. And uh, they get up to the checkout line with all their carts and their gift cards and everything. And the uh, teller rings them all up. I mean, it takes quite a while to ring everything up. And they uh, hand the lady a $1 million bill. (laughs) (laughs) I wish I had a couple of those. (laughs) Uh, They were like, "Uh, this is not legal tender. And one of these suspects said, well, I received this $1 million bill in the mail from my church. Uh, she told the investigator <laughs> she was using the money to purchase packages for homeless person. Then the second woman just dived her out completely. She's like, I didn't even know it was a counterfeit bill. I was only going along with my friend. <laughs> so, um, they have been asked to never trespass again at the dollar general. They were not arrested, but the counterfeit bill was placed into evidence according to the sheriff's office. God, and the poor people, check out people to put all that stuff back. All that stuff back. That's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking. I'm like, God, that'd be so exhausting. Like, we all need somebody to return all these, Louise. Oh, my God. Okay, okay that, next. that just sucks. <laughs> What is happening in Palm Coast, Florida? Although my mama lived there, just just moved out of there a couple months ago. I'm glad she did because there is something going on in Palm Coast, Florida, Glenn, because a woman said she saw it on her camera. Okay, she was sitting in her house and her camera was triggered. And so she went to her camera and lo and behold, there is a damn dinosaur running around in her backyard, Glenn. It was a dinosaur. So she calls the police. Well, you saw the movies. They escaped from that island. I think maybe she must have seen it the next morning because she says, maybe I've watched Jurassic Park too many times, but all I see is a raptor or some other dinosaur running through her camera. And they show the camera. Damn if it doesn't look like a dinosaur. Oh, really? (laughs) I thought it was the bath salts, but maybe, yeah. (laughs) 3.40 in the morning, she was apparently sitting outside and saw it running by and checked her camera and lo and behold, it's a... It looks like a velociraptor. I'm not going to lie. You don't have any in your camera? Velociraptors? I haven't had any of those yet. Okay. No velociraptors yet. So uh, what was it? Do we know? No, they don't know. 
know. <laughs> That's why it's a new weird news story because there might be a velociraptor on the loose. All right. We're going to move over to Houston, Texas. Houston, Texas. You know, things are getting a little busier at the airports. And and the TSA at William P. Hobby Airport in Houston uh, had some exciting uh, things going on. And so there was a guy who was coming through. He was bringing his food, Glenn, his breakfast. And so he put his breakfast on the uh, x-ray machine because he had to walk through, make the beeper, make sure there's nothing beeping. And the, the people in Houston, they said, hey, hold on. What is this in this burrito? And so they back it up and they x-ray it again. Hmm. There seems to be something inside this breakfast burrito. More than eggs and sausage? Under heavy protest, (laughs) the traveler had to unwrap it. And the officers could see a dark object in the middle of the burrito. A second x-ray of the food revealed black tape Around a large organic mass. Apparently, <laughs> this man had a whole whopping bunch of crystal meth in his burrito. And so he was using it. Uh, the, the, I love, always love like the agency's comments at the end of this. Breakfast burritos are delicious, but you cannot bring crystal meth inside them. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Don't smuggle drugs in your food, kids. Don't do drugs. Jeez. All right, two more. Uh, this is short, but we're gonna. I'm gonna add: don't smuggle your drugs in anything. Uh, just just don't do yeah, drugs. Yeah, that's what yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah, let's, yeah. let's not do that. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna head up to Canada. Um, Canada. This lawmaker. He. Um, I'm trying to. His name is William Amos, and he has represented the Quebec district of Pontiac since 2015. And since the pandemic has happened, uh, a lot of Canadian lawmakers. Uh, they're having to participate in sessions via video conference, Zoom. What could possibly go wrong with a bunch of parliament guys doing their cameras on Zoom? But his, his, um, don't worry, his camera was turned off, totally turned off. Uh, and so he decided that he had been working out and he needed to get dressed. So he decides to strip down completely, bucking naked. And, um, you know, during the whole thing, he just felt a little weird. He kept his hand, his cell phone covering his, uh, and, and at some point the camera turns on and somebody screenshotted it. And here is this man, buck a naked in front of the camera. And this is a parliamentary members that are supposed to wear (laughs) a legislator for the opposition. (laughs) <laughs> raised the incident in a port of order at a question period, suggesting that parliamentary decorum requires male parliament members to A, wear a jacket, a tie, a shirt, underwear, <laughs> damn pants. <laughs> so he was stone cold, busted, being naked. On the, uh, how awkward. Like all of a sudden your camera turns on. Oh, oh, me. All right. All right, where there are cameras, (laughs) let's not. not Yeah, exactly. (laughs) What are you new? (laughs) Exactly. Okay, this one's kind of (sighs) scary. We're gonna go to Poland. We're gonna go to Krakow because there was a sight of a very unusual animal squatting in a residential area. Okay, and a woman with quote desperation in her voice called. They're the Polish equivalent of 911 to say that there's a creature sitting in a tree across the street and he's been there for two days. She quote, she said, quote, everyone is scared of him. She told the authorities begging them to come and investigate. She said people aren't opening their windows because they're afraid it will go into their house. Okay. So they, uh, the, the animal, uh, welfare is like, we've got to get out there. I mean, this is terrifying. People are freaking out. Um, so this guy, his name is officer Adam. That's what he calls it. inspector. Adam That's what he calls himself. Inspector Adam made his way out there and he's like, I don't know what I'm about to see, but he's like, ready. He said, maybe somebody threw out an iguana, you know, maybe it's like it died up in the tree because it's so cold and he's been sitting there. And then he sits, sits there and sees this brown creature with the, his coat shining in the sun, sitting on a lilac, lilac branch. And he's like, huh, 
don't see a head or legs on that thing. Okay. Now, mind you, let me remind you that everybody in the neighborhood is afraid to go outside because there is a creature in the tree. Inspector Adam makes his way over and he looks up and he starts laughing, like dying laughing. Do you know what was in the tree, Glenn? <laughs> I don't know. I'm dying to know what was in the tree. A croissant. It was a croissant stuck in a tree. A pastry. There was a pastry that has made the neighborhood lock down. Pastries are tiny. How are they scared of this? There's a photo of said croissant, and it's a big old croissant. It's like somebody threw it out of their window upstairs, and it got lodged in the tree. And it does look like some sort of like giant worm-like creature. I don't know, but it's just a big old croissant stuck in a tree. And this paralyzed neighborhood for two full days. (laughs) A croissant. Terrifying. That's why it's weird news. That's why it's weird news. <laughs> Thank you, Jamie. Are there any more? That's it. That's enough. That's, a, that's enough. Yeah, that was croissant in the tree. <laughs> we'll end on that. Thank you, Jamie. It, Thank you, listeners, for, for submitting to Weird News. How do they do that? If you see a weird news story and you're like, wow, that is really weird, send it to me. Just all it needs to do is spark your interest. The headlines spark your interest. Send it to jamie at horseradionetwork.com and in the subject line, put weird news because that's how I find it. People Facebook them. I can't keep up with all of them. So weird news in the subject line, jamie at horseradionetwork.com. Well, our Black Reigns Magazine Guest of the Month is Frank Marley. He is the only black owner of a top 10 National Reigning Horse Association sire earner, as well as the only black fraternity winner, only black person to ever be featured in Quarter Horse News, the Appaloosa Journal, and uh, several others in a campaign, a national campaign that happened. And we have him on. He's probably the only cowboy, black or not, left it where he lives, too. We'll talk a little bit about that. Good morning, Frank. <laughs> Good morning, Glenn. How you doing? Good. How many uh, cowboys are left down there in Miami? You know what? Probably four or five. No, no more than one on a hand. That's it. <laughs> How are you That's still it. having space to even ride? I mean, you're right outside of Palm Beach, right? Down that way? Exactly. Yeah. Right against the Everglades. Do you ride with the alligators? How's that work? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, we, 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 we try our best to tiptoe around them, uh, you know, wherever we can find dry land. You know, that's about it. <laughs> Jeez. Now, did this all, did the, were you down there forever and the, you know, the development grew up around you and now is squeezing you out? What's happening? Yeah, that's really pretty much you hit the nail on the head. And, and you know, I've, I've been down here almost since the city's inception. Uh, in Southwest ranches and, and alarmingly in the last three or four years, uh, the larger tracks have been taken up and, and turning into, you know, cookie cutter houses. Yeah. And I know there's a lot of smaller farms going in, everybody from Wellington's buying them and, you know, yeah. and, and prices must be soaring through the roof right now down there. Oh yeah. This, this property is going to put my boys through college and any other kids I have. Thank goodness. <laughs> any other kids that just pop up at some point. Daddy, yeah, listen. <laughs> pay for my school. Exactly. Well, you can always move to Ocala. I'd, I'd like to tell you things are cheaper, but right now they're not. So it's crazy. Um, so, so why Appaloosa's in raining and, and were you an outcast when you first started with Appaloosa's in raining? So I'm going to start with your last question first. Yes, I was an outcast, and yes, I still am. Like, that has not changed. Uh, I'm still, 10 years later, the only one. Um, And as far as how I got into it, complete accident. I was a quarter horse guy uh, since I was a kid. My first horse was was a quarter horse. That's always had been what I was into. What ended up happening was it was a financial decision. Um... I wanted to rain. I had a smaller budget, and the Appaloosas were cheaper. It was just that simple. Wow. And so so now you you had a couple things going into raining. One, you're African-American, and two, yep. your horse is white with spots. So yes. um, you had two things going against you <laughs> for this judging. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what, what I would say is, um, especially down here, the way the NRHA is set up, it's set up in affiliates. So you, you tend to show in your affiliate region or area. And um, I would say that the people here in the Southeast 
And and at first, surprisingly, I was a little hesitant when I when I joined. They're the nicest people ever. Like I've never had a problem, whether I'm showing here in Florida, Georgia, the Carolinas, anywhere. Um, well, that's good to hear, though. I mean, now, yeah, it was it was. They're like they're they're good people. Um, I, I can't say I've ever had a problem. Now I've got a ten year old son showing. People are 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 more than gracious and and you know accommodating down here. Uh, the problem comes, Glenn, when you have an outstanding horse that is of uh, a lesser breed and starts beating some of these people's big time quarter horses. Mm, that's true that in any discipline too. That's <laughs> it, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so, so I never really experienced, uh, you know, any, any really, you know, hostile, you know, racial or otherwise moments, um, showing, uh, the, the, the hostility happened when I, when Frankie got really good and we took him on a national stage. So what was that? It's just because he was in Appaloosa and all of a sudden the, the quarter horse guys are getting concerned about their uh, their babies and not being worth as much. What's the story? So the the the, the Appaloosas, you know, once I heard their story, right, they're they're a, they're a Native American breed. Uh, the federal government chased the Nez Perce people and, and they tried to exterminate their horses. Um, I kind of got into them. You know, I, I saw some similarities to the the struggles that, that people of color have had. And so I was like, okay, well, this is cool. And then you have a horse that's so like, everyone that saw him was like, listen, that thing is really good. You need to get him to some really high level trainers. And so, you know, we, we put professionals on him and I, I really think it had a lot to do with the fact that he was a breed that everybody thought before Frankie could not do this sport at that level. And I didn't pay a lot of money for him. I didn't pay a lot of money for him. So so then you have rich people with clients who are asking them, why did I have to go pay 10 times for what I got? Why am I paying a million dollars for the horse that he bought for a thousand? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and I, I've always felt it was more about that than it ever was, you know, the way I looked. It, yeah. it was, you know, it, trainers steering their clients away from this particular breed. Oh, they're not talented. They're not. Well, then what about this one? And how come he still has records 10 years later? And how do you overcome that? I mean, he was winning, so obviously the judges weren't necessarily, you know, judging against him because he's an Appaloosa. Um, so how did you overcome that, or did you? I mean... So to, to me, you know, we, we call him, his bar name's Frankie, but when we showed him, we always rent, went and tried to find the number 42. Right. Because we always said he was the Jackie Robinson of it. And so, <laughs> you know, cool. I read the story and, and one thing they could not stop Jackie Robinson from doing is that he was consistent and he was good. And it just it, it just kept shining. And and that was the thing with Frankie. And, um, you know, I, I I've got three kids, two that weren't in the horses. My youngest son is. And, you know, I'm basically his manager and his pocketbook now. That's the and, way it works. <laughs> yeah, God love you. <laughs> you know, and you know, you know, you you have a ten year old. My, my wife's Dominican, so you know, my, my son is brown, and so you know, you 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 you're careful with how you want to explain race to him because we live here in South Florida. and It's very diverse, and nobody ever asks him what he is or what color he is. And so, quite frankly, the struggle I've had with the horse, he kind of figured out things that way. You know, and he's like, you know, why is why is Frankie the only one still? How come we're the only ones that ride Appaloosas? You know, and he sees that as a as a measurement of pride. And so I can't help but do everything I can and work two or three jobs to make sure he can keep riding and that we keep breeding and we keep showing. So it just it it, it inspires me as his dad. Is it, in fact is that the case? You're still the only Appaloosas out there on the reigning circus. Still the only one. Still, still the only one. Um, there, you know, the, the Appaloosa community is a, is a little funny. So I have people that were roundly and soundly beaten by him that, you know, and, and, you know, I, I, I can be kind of boastful and, you know, I said, well, look, either you buy one or you get beat by him. And <laughs> I love that. That's a great I line. You know, um, <laughs> I, 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 I grew up in and around a lot of, I, I, my, some of my closest friends, my closest friend is a former NFL player named Brian Westbrook, and, and he breeds quarter horse reigning horses. And we're, we, we talk to each other that way. So I, I, I tend to take it with me when, I, when I'm when i in the, the show pen and, and, and whatnot. And so 
you know, I have a loyal group of people that breed to Frankie and the ones that do those babies wins and the ones that don't, they get beat. And that is, is just, it's just that simple. And it's like, you know, I don't know why you keep banging your head against that wall by breeding to those, those other horses. Cause you're just not going to beat me. It's not going to happen. Didn't he play as a side note? Sorry about this, but the name rung a bell. Didn't he play for the Eagles for a while? Yes, he did. Yeah, he, he I, played for the Eagles. Yeah, yeah I lived in, in fact, Pennsylvania, so I kind of follow. You know, that's why the well, name ring a bell. He, I think he still has his podcast, and I know he's on Fox Sports One. And you know, believe it or not, while I'm talking to you, we're both watching the same show, and we're testing each other. Uh, you know, <laughs> about about the runs. Like he and I are literally the two weirdest black cowboys you're ever going to meet, and, and people can't <laughs> believe it. that is our friendship. Like he was never a client of mine. We're just literally good, good, good friends. And our common thing is this, we're the only two doing it. So now you just had a baby, you told me yesterday, too. Did I did. Tell us about the baby. Uh, we call him Chip. Uh, now we're talking my, about a horse baby, just to clarify. Yeah, <laughs> he's a horse baby. I my, don't think anybody thought anything. Ah, just to clarify. <laughs> so so I allow my, my, my two sons to name the horses, and, and so... Just to show you, I have, I have a, a micro breeding program. Um, what I did was I bought the most talented mare that I could afford, and I only have one mare. And so we breed her to Frankie, um, and she's had two babies. The first one, my son's named Tater Tot, so we call him Tater. I love that. And <laughs> this one, to keeping in the same theme, his name is Potato Chip, and so he's Chip. <laughs> Uh, and, um, you know, they're the, the chip and tater out of the same mom. Um, she's a really, really good mom. Um, I'm very, very close to the gentleman who bred Frankie. His name's Dr. Joe Kirkland. He's out in Houston, Texas. And, uh, Frankie's the result of 30 years of his Appaloosa breeding program. So anything Dr. Joe tells me, I tend to do. He's the one who, who picked out this mare that I own. And, um, the funny thing about chip is he's like, you know what, this one, is a spitting image of his daddy. He's like, don't sell this one. He's like, in fact, don't sell any of them. <laughs> so, is um, that hard to sell them? It's not. It, okay. It's really not. In fact, literally right now, uh, his daughter won the Appaloosa Futurity last year. There is literally only one of his get for sale, and it's only because she doesn't have color. She's not. She's a solid app, and that's the only reason she's for sale. So, I can't produce enough to get sold, um, but. What I do here, like I said, I'm a micro breeding program. I breed horses for me and my son to ride and professionals. I don't, I don't really care to sell any of them. Like I'm trying to reproduce the dad. So that's, that, that's my deal. If you want a Frankie baby, you can breed to him. I don't, no problem doing that. But the ones here are mine. I'm not, I'm not looking to sell them. That's so cool. And it's, did you ever imagine you would be in this situation, you know, when you were in law school all those years ago? You know what, Glenn? No, um, I never thought I'd get back into it. And, you know, um, I remember the day I asked my, my wife if I could buy a horse to just trail ride. And if, if she was here, she would tell you she loathes that day because <laughs> it turned into this. But, um, you know, I, I work to do this as my passion. And I'm, and I'm so blessed to have a son who's in it because this is you know, this is really all I wanted to do in life. And, you know, unfortunately, I've got to have a real job, quote unquote, to, to be able to do this. It's funny, Jamie has a son too. And, and every horse person that has a son or a daughter hopes they're going to get into horses. Right, Jamie? I mean, isn't that the, you've been hoping since he was born that he'd like the horses? I'm still working on it, Glenn. <laughs> Not giving up yet. <laughs> he also, although the prank, the problem in that household is he also has a daddy that was a fighter pilot, so now an airline pilot. Oh, so that's wow. pretty cool, too. Yeah. You know, that's hard to compete with. <laughs> it's exactly. like they gang up on me. And I'm like, <laughs> I got to be the only one down here riding. Come on. No, no. <laughs> so what do you, where do you hope... Obviously, you're you're in the Appaloosa world too, um, yeah. and you're in the reigning world in the Appaloosa world. You know, where what do you hope that you contribute to those worlds? I know this is kind of an ambiguous, hard question, but what do you hope? What legacy do you hope that you leave in both of those worlds? So, I want them to honor the horse. Like it's it, for me, it's not about me. Um, I, I constantly 
battle and, and you know it's political so i have to be very careful how i express myself but i i constantly have to champion and remind the reigning world about what some kind of shine what frankie did because you know they're, they're quick to want to kind of brush it under under the rug okay so to me it's more about that particular horse and that particular breed and and they have they deserve every right to have a seat at that reigning table They've got quarter horses, they've got half Arabs, they've got paints. But for whatever reason, they will not acknowledge the Appaloosas. And I feel like that's my responsibility, having owned the best one, is to make sure they don't forget about it. I mean, because he does hold, I'm looking at his list of records here, it's a mile long, you know? It's, yeah. it's, it's not like you're just bragging about something that isn't true. It's a, His records right. are a mile long. Yeah. 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 And, you know, I mean, it, it, it was t- it was funny. I was it was joking with the, the the trainer who who showed him to most of those professional records. And we went through his list of accomplishments in the last 10 years. And he was like, oh, my goodness. I haven't had as good a year as I did with Frankie in 10 years, like like bring him out of retirement, put him on a trailer and send him here. You know, <laughs> you know, that that was that was kind of his attitude. And I said, look, I'm working on that next generation. So, you know, again, Glenn, I'm, I'm not rich. I'm a working guy. Uh, I have to do this one horse at a time, but you know, if, if I can maintain Frankie's legacy and, you know, bring up that next generation. And as long as my son is happy riding, support what it is he's doing, then I've accomplished a lot. That's the way I look at it. And so far, Alvin's your son, right? Yes, um, Alvin's my son. Yeah. Is he in reigning and he has focused on reigning or does he have other interests too? Um, he's an all around athlete. So, uh, he is, uh, horses are his primary thing. And then he is, you know, he does, you know, soccer and baseball and that kind of thing, but he is a businessman. Uh, these horses, the babies go in his name. Um, I allow him to keep 50% of the breeding fees that Frankie brings in. And that's how he pays for his lessons and his leased horses that he shows. And he's how old? 10? 10. And he he maintains a spreadsheet and he knows how much money he's made and he know like he's you know, he, he knows what should be his expense and what should be daddy's expense. And he's very clear about that. <laughs> so he's probably going to be in a, a he wants to be a horse doctor, but I think he's going to end up being an accountant or an actuary <laughs> or some sort of financial planner and, and <laughs> do this on the side. You know, every mother out there right now that's listening to this, or father, we have some guys that listen, um, is now super jealous that your son is 10 years old and understands the value of money. You get that, right? I mean, it's, yeah, yeah. it's, it's uh, he, he has an uncle who he's named after who was a banker. And uh, I, I don't think I could have named uh, my son, Alvin, any any better than than that than that person. So I'll tell you how my much your the value of money. He values it and he wants it. <laughs> That's it right there. That that that's what it is. <laughs> There's a lot of adults like that too. Let's be fair. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I love his middle name too. We're running out of time, but it's Alvin Geronimo, which yes. which you know it ties whole back right to the whole Appaloosa thing and why you did it in the first place, which you said earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and you know, j- just a little bit. You know, uh, my dad is Black African American, and my mom is Tunica Biloxi Indian. So I grew up around uh-huh. my mom's people uh, a little bit, and. You know, it, it, and then, you know, he's, he's got a Dominican mom. So we, we did our best to incorporate all of his, his heritage into his name. Does he ever want to go by Geronimo instead of Alvin? Yeah, he likes, he doesn't like Alvin because he gets teased about being Alvin and the Chipmunks. So he, he'll go by AG or Geronimo or Little Al. Uh, you know, a, all of those sound like a rapper name, to be honest. Um, any one of those would work. <laughs> Geronimo would be perfect, actually. But it's going to be a hard day for you when he's like, no, Dad, call me Big Al. Because <laughs> he's bigger than you. <laughs> this coming. has been great. Do you have a website or anything where anybody can follow you or Facebook or so, whatever? Yeah, you could do Facebook at some kind of shine. Um, we, we let the uh, the website go because everybody does Facebook yeah. now. But, okay. um, yeah, so you, you, can, you can follow him on Facebook, some kind of shine. Um, one of these days we will we will get a Instagram up, but the the Facebook has a pretty big following. That's where people keep up with the babies and whatnot. So okay. that's the best 
We'll yeah. put a link to that in our show notes as well. You know, we've, we've had a little trouble getting this interview together, but thank you so much for being patient, and it's been a joy talking to you today. Thank you guys so much. We really appreciate the opportunity. So thank you. Hey, when I get I get down your way quite a bit, actually. Our producer lives down in uh, Boynton Beach. So one of these days I get down there, I, I, I'd love to come over and see the place. Absolutely. Meet the ponies. More than welcome. And yeah, give me a call and you know we'll we'll give you talk. I'll even throw you up on Frankie. It's a, if you've never ridden a reining horse, he's the best one to take to hang don't, around on. Don't cool. do that to Frankie. Do not do that to Frankie. <laughs> Please. He Frank sounds Marley. like too nice a horse. I'm gonna cut Jamie off. Frank Marley, thanks for joining us today. <laughs> Thank you guys. Take care. All right, take care, Frank. Bye-bye. Bye. What a cool guy. <laughs> what a neat guy. And Geronimo was a name when you're a kid. That's just you know what. Get get somebody talking about their horse and their kids. That's going to be a good conversation. <laughs> <laughs> and what ten year old knows how to use a spreadsheet? I guess ten year olds today do. I don't know. <laughs> Probably. I didn't know what a spreadsheet was when I was ten. Well, we have a new segment for you that we're going to bring to you here twice a month on the Horses in the Morning Show. We're very excited about it. Let's hear the first one. Dogs in the morning. Well, I have James Jacobson on here with me. He is host of the uh, and founder of the Dog Podcast Network. We met a couple of years ago at a podcasting conference, didn't we? We met in Orlando in the middle of the summer when the building was sweating on the outside. It was so humid. Yeah, welcome to my world there. <laughs> <laughs> Every summer's like that. But when you said you were doing a dog podcast network, I said, oh, a lot of similarities there to Horse Radio Network, plus every horse person in the world has 10 dogs. Uh, so, you know, I thought, wow, we got to get you on. And we started talking about doing a regular segment here on Horses in the Morning about dogs, because we all have dogs. Everyone, I've never met a horse person who doesn't have a dog or five. I think they kind of think, I mean, <laughs> dog people love their dogs in a certain way. And then horse people love their horses in a certain way. But I know there's that, that love, you know, translates both directions. It definitely does. And uh, you're the, the podcast, what's your main podcast called? So our flagship, so we have a whole network, just like HRN. Uh, our main show is uh, called dog edition. It is a, it's the world's first podcast designed to listen to while you walk your dog. It's a short 20 to 30 minute show, and it has two or three um, segments in it, sort of like all things considered for dog lovers. And the production quality, and, and my listeners will know that when I say this, I mean it because we've talked about shows that have been bad production quality in the past, um, including this one years ago is your production quality is unbelievable. It sounds like NPR. I mean, the music beds, and it's a narrative storytelling type of podcast. So instead of just a straight-up interview show, I know what kind of work you put into this. I I'm telling everyone here, it is excellent. It is called Dog Edition. It's excellent. Let's talk a little bit about what we're going to be doing in the future here on our show, is you're going to be providing, we're going to be doing uh, little segments on dogs, but uh, about things like dogs that have jobs and dogs that do, it's going to be fun stuff. We basically like to play with not just like, you know, here's how to train your dog or here's what to do with a medical situation. We have shows about that. But I thought we would explore with, with your audience all these what I call dog adjacent stories like, you know, dogs who are used uh, as uh, sniffers and like they can detect COVID or they can detect bombs or they can find truffles or um, the impact of of poop bags from an environmental perspective, because there is a big one. And, and so we look for, we look at news stories through the lens of dogs and uh, it's really fun. We've done dog segments in the past, but they've always been dog health related. So this is going to be a little different than that. And I'm, I'm excited about that. Yeah. I think, I think your listeners will appreciate uh, the fact that dogs do so many cool things and yeah, we can always talk about the veterinary stuff. But there's so many other things, and that's and that's what I'm, I'm excited to be doing here in Horses in the Morning. Well, listen for the Dog Edition segment here coming up uh, over the next uh, couple of months here on the show. Where can people find your show? The main network is dogpodcastnetwork.com, and they can go straight to Dog Edition at dogedition.com. And then, of course, we have some other shows. We have three shows on the network right now. We have um, 
Dog Edition, which is the flagship. We have a show specifically about dog cancer called Dog Cancer Answers. Cancer is the number one killer of dogs. One in three dogs get cancer. One in two die of it. And uh, we have another show called The Long Leash. We have new shows called Ask the Vet. All sorts of things at dogpodcastnetwork.com. This is Reese Koffler Stanfield. And I'm Philip Parks from the Dressage Radio Show. We are the official podcast of the United States Dressage Federation, and we love talking all things dressage. As two professional dressage riders, we enjoy bringing our friends and colleagues on the podcast to share our knowledge of the sport. We have interviews with riders, trainers, authors, and judges to bring you information, stories, and riding tips about dressage. We invite you to come on over to listen to our show at dressageradioshow.com. I'm so pleased to welcome my friend Leslie Wiley. Even though I am irritated I'm not standing right next to you, I think weather-wise it's probably a good option for me to not be. You are at Land Rover. Friend, <laughs> how's it going out there? <laughs> wow, what a surprising morning. Just when we thought that um, the uh, 2020 one uh Land Rover Kentucky three day event lead up could not throw any more uh <laughs> any more surprises at us. <laughs> Are you currently yeah, standing I mean, in the snow? Well, yeah, funny story. So I um it's actually the sun's kinda come out and things are melting off right now. But um, you know, like last night, um me and the Ian crew, we were at, like we had dinner on a patio, we were wearing hoodies, like it was you know, seemed, I was just like, oh, this is nice. It's going to be a nice spring weekend. And then, um, our, our, so we're staying in a RV in the campground. And at some point during the night, we, our heat went out because we ran out of propane. And so like, no. at first it was like, it was nice. It was nice. Cause I was like, oh, this is like camping. Like my nose is kind of cold, but I'm kind of warm and snuggly, you know, but by 530, I was like, no, I'm going to get frostbite in here. So, um, <laughs> Like, so I open the door, like stumbling out to go check the propane tanks in the dark. And there's the steps are covered with ice and snow. So I just completely bust (laughs) down the stairs. Uh, (laughs) And um, so anyway, uh, so I was like, well, whatever. I'm like, I'm up. I'm already freezing to death. I'm going to go like check this out. Um, and so I went and roamed around the park and took pictures, which I just actually just posted on Vending Nation. And, um, and yeah, it was pretty, pretty wild, pretty wild scene. I love that you're <laughs> saying that the, 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 it's warming up and that the snow's starting to melt. I just looked at the current conditions and it's cloudy and 34. So nice 30, try. Well, it's, it was 32 earlier, Jamie. I'm an optimist. <laughs> <laughs> What could possibly go wrong? Uh, I'm looking at all your photos right now. Yeah. But poor Bruce Davidson. He lost his nose to frostbite. The the, the Bruce Bruce... Davidson statue was the funniest. His his nose is covered in snow. It's just he's just protecting himself against the sun. Um, Yeah. But, but why, why was Boyd Martin out schooling Setzer Lake in the snow this morning at 7.30 in the morning? That dude's great. Um, I know. There were only, at that point, there were only, like, three horses out being hand-grazed. And here, like, Boyd's already on his first horse out there. I kind of, I like to think of it as, you know, like, in the movies, like, um, the racehorse movies, like, the secret racehorse, like, they go out in the middle of the night and do their workouts, yeah. you know? yeah. I think it's kind of like that. He's like, no other ding dongs are going to be out here. Like, like, you know, see, you know, and he's like, I'm just going to go out here or I don't know, you know, maybe he was, I don't know. Maybe he's just like super extra and that's not super. He he is. I think we can all agree that he is super extra. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't think there's any argument with anybody there. (laughs) Yeah. No, I'm looking at your picture. And then I started looking at you posting the um, weather for Saturday cross country day, which is notoriously a wonderful, beautiful day and um, high of 56 chance of rain. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So that's cool. That's going to be fun. Uh, (laughs) Oh my god! 
what's the atmosphere like with nobody there? What what's it like? It was it's really strange. Uh it really is this morning. I was just um, you know, usually with Sorry, sorry, buddies. I I turned on the speaker. Um, yeah, it's really it's really odd. This morning, I I kind of like went rolling into the park, and there was you know just kind of like went all over the place, and nobody cared, and there's nobody there. <laughs> you know? It's just it's just, it's going to be strange. I think Saturday is going to be a little bit of a weird, surreal experience, but I don't know. I think we're, everybody's just excited that it's happening, and and I know we're going to be trying to bring everybody as close to the action vicariously as we can. So including, including, you know, going out and trucking around in the snow this morning. So, so is, <laughs> is typically the jog is Wednesday morning. Is that happening this um, morning? Yeah. It's at three, three today. Yeah. Oh, 3 PM. Okay. So they, mm-hmm. you, yeah. it'll warm up a little bit by then. That's good. Cause I mean, yeah. it's a, it's a notoriously exciting to have a jog when it's 75 degrees. I can't imagine cold and snowy and wet. It's going to be really exciting for the jog. Yeah. Today. Right. Yeah. Now, imagine wearing heels and a short skirt today. Mm-mm. Yeah. Well, I was going to ask that Mm-mm. with no spectators, are they all still going to get dressed up? I don't know. Maybe just people could be coming out in their pajama pants and jogging <laughs> their horses and their flip-flops and pajama pants. And I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. No, I'm sure, I'm sure everybody's, you know, so many people, well, today, I guess the jog is not being live streamed, so maybe they will be wearing pajama pants, but, um, but hey, you know, hey, hey. they know, I think ho- hopefully they know in their heart that people are still watching and cheering them on. So let me ask you this, if for our listeners who are not real avid eventing fans, but probably will tune in this weekend just for fun, uh, if you had to pick one or two of the up and comers, we like rooting for underdogs, who should, who should they root for? If we're picking underdogs and not the old standbys, you know? Um, okay. I'm a hundred percent, um, team Emma Klugman because she's, well, because she's part of our team, actually. Um, she, she works some, uh, she's the editor of Jumper Nation and, um, which is kind of funny because I mean, she's the only five-star rider among us. So, um, she probably should be (laughs) funny that she's, but she's also actually also like a great show jumper as well. So, um, so this is the youngest rider. I think she's, how old is Emma? She's 23. She's had this horse since she was 14. They're just, uh, like a, just a super team. Um, and, and it's, this may be the horse's, you know, last crack at, at a, I mean, first and last, you know, you never know with a, when horses are that age. Um, this is like a movie. <laughs> it is a movie. She is like the movie, the horse movie, uh, heroine of this, of this year's event. Um, That's awesome. But, well, we will definitely be cheering for her yeah, now. Um, definitely. so, so there's, there's, there's one, do you have one other one you want to, you want to drop? Mm, mm, I don't know. I can't, I can't, I can't pick and choose anymore because I just, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I there's too many. I, we always love um, cheering on all the rookies and try and, um, you know, really get, do profiles on them in the lead up to the event. And so I, but, I really um, like Tammy Smith in my bomb. I love that horse. I, I saw him when I was in on the West coast and he's one of my, my, my sleeper picks too. So we'll, we'll go Emma and Tammy then. How about that? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I love, love Tammy. love that. That horse is just, is just something else. He's out of this world. Yeah. Um, so we're, now, we're all really cheering for them. Before we let you go, you have you guys are doing something that uh, people can download or check out a guide, right? Tell us about that. Yeah, our team has um, put together like this. This they're calling it, it's the ultimate ultimate um, form guide. It's the ultimate form guide, and it has like incredible amounts of stats on every horse, the stories. Um, they're like um, Maggie Dietrich who, who has been um, accumulating this massive database of all their results over the years has, um, has like. Uh-oh. Oh, no. Did she disappear for you? Yes. Oh, sorry. Yeah, you <laughs> sorry, disappeared for a second. Uh, 
So just start um, with Maggie. But, uh, uh, start with that. Yeah, again. Maggie. She. I mean, she's been. Uh, she's been building up this enormous database over the years with um, all you know with rider results and or horse results and um, how they perform at different events and all their you know just facts and figures and numbers and I don't know what kind of like number wizard she is I don't I don't understand her but (laughs) (laughs) um but she but it's it's incredible um the work that she's put into it um Sally and Shelby and Abby and Tilly and Kate and and it's um just uh it's it's a it's like um how many pages it's like 130 pages I think 134 pages and um it's just like it really is the ultimate form guide so it's five bucks to download and um and it's just like it, it it would be i think an incredible companion to anybody's um viewing experience so and where can they get it how do they get it um just hop over to vending nation and um and click on i think we'll put up we'll put up like some sort of a little ad too but um in any of our little links in any post, um, or on the sidebar of the website, um, you just click on Ian's form guide. So, and then it'll take you there. That's great. Well, that's good for this year too, especially seeing everybody's going to be watching at home anyway. So, uh, you know, it's not like they have to carry something around with them. This is perfect. It's going to be interesting to too. I, you know, it'll be interesting to see, you know, what the numbers are like for viewing. Uh, I, you know, I think it's going to be, it's going to be quite large, obviously on Saturday. And I hope that dressage gets some love too, you know? Uh, yeah. And then it'll clear up for for Sunday. Sunday. I got to tell you one of the, one of the funnier things that I encountered this, stranger things that I encountered this morning while out roaming, um, was I wandered into Rolex Stadium. And so uh, did you know that they were selling, like, cardboard cutouts of people? Yes. They were charging, like, $75 for them. Like, $75. Yep. Yeah. Well, the stands are full of them. Really? Oh, my God. People bought them? It's amazing. (laughs) We bought one. We we had them make a cardboard cutout of um, the chintz for us. I think it's the best $75 we've ever spent as a company. <laughs> Please tell me you get to go get the giant chinchilla after this. I hope, I mean, we can only hope so. Yeah. Well, that's cool that people did it. I wasn't sure if they would. Yeah. Yeah. There's lots of, I mean, I saw, you know, there's a big variety of people with their horses, um, people with their dogs, just dogs, <laughs> just horses, you know, so, um, I did not, we were all hoping just that maybe somebody would stick a Bernie Sanders in there, but um, we did not. See there was no Sanders. Bernie Sanders in there sitting down. <laughs> I know. Can you believe it? Can you believe it? Missed opportunity. Anyway. <laughs> that should have been the Horse Radio Network purchase. <laughs> we should have done that one. <laughs> it would have fit our brand for this show. <laughs> it would have, yeah. <laughs> well, Leslie, good luck. Uh, have fun. Oh, yeah. Well, um, you know, holler at us if guys want to chat anymore this week we're just trying to you know do do a good job for everybody who can't get can't be here so glenn's all taking the day off on friday but i'll text you all weekend long all right all right eventingnation.com it's where you can find it love you mean it thanks Leslie. <laughs> okay bye it's been a while since we talked to leslie she sounds all happy that's good well, there you go. There's uh, the update from Kentucky, uh, the snowy Kentucky. We've had every kind of weather you can imagine in the last 15 years when you're covering that event. Uh, you know, we lived there for four years, and we did have snow right before Kentucky one year. I remember that. And it's been cold. It's been hot. It's been tornadoes. It's been thunderstorms. It's been torrential rains. We've had it all. <laughs> and a couple nice years where it didn't rain at all. Uh, let's hope they get that this year. It's been a little bit of everything. It's, yeah. it's like April in April in Kentucky is like June in North Dakota, which is I, I'm predicting this exact same thing to happen when I go. <laughs> I hold on, auditors. I have something ridiculous. I have to. T- and Jamie hasn't seen this yet, so I got to bring it to Jamie Ooh. for the first time and see what she thinks. But this is absolutely the most ridiculous thing. Uh, so we're going to do that. And thank you for joining us today. We will have the sales episode. As a matter of fact, uh, the. Kayla is the host of the sales episode, but 
she had Jamie on as her guest. So I know. I love it when that. they do a segment on the show and then we turn off all the microphones and you go, wow, you actually sounded like you knew what you were talking I know about. you did. You were really amazing. I was, I was impressed. <laughs> I was sitting there going, wow, this is my co-host. Uh, so yeah, that'll be on tomorrow's show. We pre-recorded that one and then we'll have a best up for you on Friday. We'll be back live on Monday. But have a great weekend. Enjoy. Remember, USEF Network, there's a free code to go watch all of the, all of the competition there. Uh, at the Kentucky Horse Park. You can watch it starting tomorrow morning. So all the way through Sunday. Check it out there. US, what is it? USCFnetwork.com? Something like that. You'll find it. Yeah. Just Google it. You'll Spain find it. Geld, you guys. Have a good day. Have a good, gosh, whatever, Monday. Have a good long weekend. <laughs> <laughs>